Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two in the Authors podcast with me, David B. Lyons. And me, Robert Enright. And on today's show, we are going to be discussing how to write your books when you have a full-time job, which is obviously something David and I both did before Mm -hmm. we were able to become full-time independent authors. Uh, We'll also be answering another interesting mailbag question about other marketing platforms that we don't really speak about that much. And that's all before thriller writer Luke Richardson joins us to face the seven questions. But before all that, David, how has your week been? Pretty shit. Oh no! Um, literally, uh, no. We've all been. Uh, do you know what? I think we talk on this podcast a little bit too much about how sick our our daughters make the household. <laughs> I think we've <laughs> spoken about it three or four times on the podcast. We love um, being parents. We love, we love it. being parents. But uh, Lola, my daughter, came home with um, a bug. We got a phone call on Monday morning. Um, oh, no. Lola had barfed up all in the corridor of the school. Oh, bless and her. It was around the same time that me and Kerry were holding our stomachs going, oh, I don't feel good today. And then, um, so for the next 48 hours, we were all in our dressing gowns on the couch watching Matilda the Musical on loop, just oh. starving ourselves because we all had some sort of food poisoning that we must have picked up last weekend. So it's only, it's Thursday morning now when we're recording this. It's only last night, uh, Wednesday, that I started to, feel normal again so that's been yeah. a pretty shit week um literally even on uh sunday i was looking forward to the carabao cup final yeah. our two teams were in that and i i was looking forward to that all week and i just didn't enjoy it i was just oh just i want this to be over so i can just go sleep I, I i had a lot of lethargy i was just feeling down and then on Monday morning, it, it, it struck. We were all, we all had food poisoning. So it ruined my cup final and then ruined the start of my week. I haven't done anything. This podcast that we're recording now is the very first piece of work I've done all week. So I don't have much to share with our listeners. Uh, apart from whilst we were queuing up to go to the bathroom in, in our house <laughs> on Monday and Tuesday, I got an email from... Uh, my agent, the screenplay guy, to say that the the really hot lead that I gave him for my Alec Ferguson biography, who were going to make it into biopic, and this was in the middle mm-hmm. of me being really sick and feeling terrible, they've passed. Oh, so that made a, a shitty day even shittier. <laughs> so how to kick it, a man when he's down? It was a real kick because it. Yeah, how to kick a man when he's down, and it was a really hot lead as well. And I was almost, I was at ninety percent certain that they were going to pick this up. Mm. Um, in the midst of feeling bad about that on top of the illness I reached out to another agent yesterday I reached out to actually six agents I said hold on this this is better than this agent that I currently have Mm. is letting on and this is the guy I spoke about this on the podcast before who had a chip on his shoulder a little bit about the um, self-publishing and the indie publishing thinking producers won't like this and I was like well this is how I am. Get get over it. <laughs> you know, this, this, you're <laughs> not matter, my agent if you're not interested in the mm. in in transferring an indie book into a successful production. And within five minutes, an agent got back to me. This never happens. If you send a submission query to an agent, it could be six months before they get back to you. Yeah. You get back within five minutes. He said, "Don't." If you're sending out to loads of agents, don't send anything out to any other agent. I want this. Um, I'm I'm have a very very high there's a very very high possibility i'm gonna get this made for you stay with me and then he was phone calling me yesterday and oh wow so he's really really interested the thing i mean i shouldn't really he's not going to listen to the podcast his website isn't great and that's a big thing for me mm. you know you have to have this presence and this branding that we talk about online but the people he's worked with are some very 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 high profile people so the other few that I, agents I re- reached out to haven't got back to me yet 
I wasn't expecting them to. But he seems really keen, so I'm going to talk to him tomorrow. And then hopefully I'll, I'll have an update then for our yeah. listeners next week. We'll, we'll see That'd how that really goes. Exciting. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, people are taking your Ferguson... This is your Alex Ferguson book, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think they're taking it super serious because they might mistake you for Eric Ten Hag? That is the problem. Because Eric Ten Hag <laughs> is such a handsome bastard. <laughs> I never realised. I didn't realise. I don't think I really knew what Eric Ten Hag really looked like until I watched the final. And I was like, it's uh, like David. <laughs> oh, I've been getting that for about four years now. When he started at Ajax. Yeah, yeah. Um, even when he was thinking about the Spurs job, I was getting text messages from friends I hadn't heard in years. Oh, I heard you're taking the Spurs job. <laughs> uh, that type of I thing. Saw, I saw the picture of him having dinner with Alex Ferguson. I was like, oh, look, David's having dinner with his idol. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's and I shared football. that picture. I shared that enough picture on social media. Chatter. Enough football chatter. <laughs> enough football chatter for one in the author podcast. Yeah. Um, I hope you're we Apart from that interaction with that second agent that sort of mm. got me in good spirits yesterday my week has been awful uh, i hope you've had a better one uh mine's just been well i haven't been sick haven't been violently sick good good so good that, i'd say that puts me at a better week than yours yeah you're already um, up i've just been writing mainly this week i think you sent me a challenge last week yes. Ten thousand words i did 10,417 words so robert enright ladies and gentlemen there you go you've set your mind to it you do it but um i think i was saying before i was getting i was breaking the back of this book where i was getting to like the everyone was moving into position i have the struggles with the beginning of the book not to write it just to really get into it i've broken that now i hit like a major almost like a four chapter long action sequence great it was like a big fight into a car chase you know there's there's no second act really is it it's kind of like the the thing the massive catalyst of the book <clears throat> so um so yeah it was quite easy to to, well to write done, it Bob. um so that's, that's when you're really. in your biggest flaw was when you're writing the action isn't it you've said that yeah. before yeah yeah so so that the only other real update i have is just I, i've speaking regularly about this uh bermuda project i have of mm-hmm. resuscitating the bermuda one um Obviously, I had a book barb, and then I was having some some worries that it might be a bit of a bit of an undertaking. Um, what I've noticed off the back of that book barb is the reviews of the first book over, have more than doubled. Oh, great! Um, and taken the star rating up slightly, which is good. Nice. Um, and then also the reviews of the second one have doubled as well. So that's oh, real. From being in a negative headspace last week about it, I was like, "Oh, cool, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. That, that, it was beneficial. It looks better." So, um, great. I then That's had a look the at... indie author game, isn't it? The headspace shifts. Like yeah. I went, I went from feeling miserable on Tuesday about this agent letting me down to on Wednesday feeling high as a kite. Mm. And when I was down on Tuesday, Kerry said to me, "Sure, next week you'd be high again. This, this is just how you're." And it wasn't even a week; it was twenty-four hours, and mm-hmm. that is how it works. To, the headspace of and th- running an independent business yeah so the the only other thing i then noticed was i looked at um so i've got a standalone thriller novel called one by one which is the first book i ever wrote and so i didn't know that one by one yeah is that in your collection under robert enright on yeah amazon i don't know how i thought you had the bermuda it was a tree in the bermuda there's 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 two and a and a novella and there's a third one coming and then I've got, I'm writing the 11th Sam Pope book and there's two mm. novellas for that. But the first book I ever did was a standalone thriller novel. Oh, I didn't know you had a standalone. It was right. like about 120,000 words. Ah. It's like a violent it's revenge. Yeah, it's like a violent revenge thriller. It's very right. nasty. Um, but I just checked that out. I do nothing. I do nothing to that. And it, it probably sells about 20 copies a month, 40,000 Fifty thousand page read, so it does a couple of hundred pound a month. Yeah, but I just I checked it the other day, and it's got like six hundred and something reviews. I was like, well, oh, I wow. need to. Yeah, I was like, this is out of nowhere. So I'm trying to get a book bub for it to try and just push it up a bit, and then what I might do is I might see about just running some ads to it because I don't think it's a very hard sell. I think it's quite an easy sell of a book. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's quite nice. Wow, good week, Rob. Nice yeah, going, very productive. Much better than your week anyway. 
David, um, today's talking point, like I said in our intro, was um, how to write books when you have a full-time job. Um, The reason I picked this as the topic this week is I put a post out on social media asking what uh, people's frustrations were. Um, Biggest frustrations of being an indie author. I know we ask our authors in our seven questions that question, but I thought I'd put it out to the group. And I just thought I noticed someone put on there having a full-time job because Mm -hmm. it impacts your ability to write. And now you and I are in a um, a wonderful position where we get to do it for a living. Yeah. But we didn't start out that way. Um, We both started our writing careers when we were working full-time jobs. So I thought it'd be a good idea just to walk through a few points around it and share our experiences of how we were able to complete those books whilst obviously working, having kids, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, um, I guess I'll start off with you and just say, like, when when did you write with a full-time job? At what point in your career were you still working full-time? Um, yeah, I, I decided to write my first... Well, there was a... There was a five-year period before I wrote my first novel where I was telling myself I'm going to write a novel. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. then at one point, which I'm sure we've all been through uh, that phase. Um, so I was a football journalist with a few newspapers in Ireland. So I was writing anyway. But this was at a stage in around sort of, when is this, about 2014, 2015, where the newspaper I was predominantly working for, I was trying to tell them, right, we need online presence. We need online mm-hmm. presence. We got it. And they and the editor is uh, an old uh, Irish country guy. He's like, what are we going to do about this internet thing? Like, he didn't have a clue. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, the internet's going to be a big thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I swear it was like a sitcom in there um, <laughs> at times. And I went to them with proposals and all because um, I knew lots of people that worked in the digital realm. And I was like, we need, you know, we need to be doing this. And I, I had this PowerPoint proposal and they were like, ah, oh, sure, yeah, sure. We'll take a look at that. We'll take a look at that. <laughs> they did nothing about it anyway. So uh, the reason I say that it was because it was a time I, I was earning all my wages from newspapers. And I knew that newspapers were going to be dead very soon. Mm. If they weren't already. I mean, they were they were dying anyway, as it was. And so... I had always had it in me that I, I wanted to be a fiction writer. And so as I was, my wages were getting less because I was a freelance journalist and a lot of newspapers were sort of blocking off freelancers because they didn't want to pay extra money because they were losing on sales and stuff like this. So they were only keeping everything in-house. So my wages were getting lower as opposed to getting higher year on year. And so I Kerry, my wife, pushed me into just write that book you've always said you were going to write. So my first book, my debut novel, which is called Midday, it's a sort of a bank heist all set in real time. I wrote that while I was a full time journalist at the Irish Daily Star and I was writing for the Irish Independent as well at the same time. So it took me 18 months to finish that first book. Mm-hmm. Um, we then moved to England. So. I was getting out of the newspapers and I was going to become this brilliant novelist. You did. You did it. I did. I did it eventually. We got there. Yeah, we'll bridge that story now. Uh, And my wife was working. She was this sort of uh, digital designer and she wanted to get out of the agency business as well and set up her own full-time job. So we packed up. Uh, we had this three sto- lovely three-story house uh, just on the outskirts of Dublin and we moved to a tiny flat in Birmingham in England where my wife is from and the reason we did that was um, I was going to write my novel whilst also getting a teaching qualification mm-hmm. because I thought what I'll be is I will be a novelist who also lectures on creative writing because I had to the cliche yeah with the elbow pads and everything you know yes. the blazers for the elbow pads yes, yes, and, the, yes. and I grew up with beard and everything oh man um, so it was all set up I needed the pipe that's what <laughs> I needed um, so I to, to answer your question I've talked around your question there 
I wrote my first book, my first two books, one while a journalist, and it took me 18 months. And the second book, which was my sort of breakout hit, Whatever Happened to Betsy Blake, I wrote that in the space of about five months whilst getting this teaching qualification when we got to England. Fantastic. It was the real... So I got a publishing deal for my first book, Midday, which I got after about 40 or so um, submissions, you know, to different agents and publishing companies. I eventually got one and I thought, yes, here we go. Here's this life I've I've um, been dreaming of. And I've spoken about this in the podcast before. I got my first royalty check after five months with them and it was for £550 and I was like holy shit what am I going to do here <laughs> this was also at the point where I was about uh, a year into my teaching yeah uh, qualification where in the British education system is not somewhere you want to work and I was like holy shit I cannot do that I will not be able to hold down a full time teaching job and be mm. writing novels they, they, they just do not go hand in hand it, it's very difficult teaching particularly in the UK I've taught in Ireland before I got my teaching qualification I was an unqualified sort of lecturer at my, my college where I was teaching journalism and creative writing but I was I didn't have the full qualification so I moved over here to get that qualification and a year into it, I was stressing myself thinking I cannot work in these schools and under this mm. pressure which the British education system brings and and then when I got that royalty check for £550, I thought, oh, well, this is not good enough either. So I took the rights back to the book from my publishing company, had bumped into Mark Dawson and learned, as you had, Robert, um, all about independent publishing. And I thought, right, well, this is how you make money. This is the only way to make money. Because every other author I spoke to who had a publishing deal had to have a full-time job because they weren't earning enough from their books. Uh, aside from... Or the opposite end of that was people I was talking to who were independently publishing were making money. In fact, Mark Dawson was able to show me, not personally, but a lot of his followers, that he was taking in a million pounds a year. Mm. Uh, he, he shared his accounts on that. And so I thought, well, well, that's how you do it. That's how I do it. So I took the rights back. I self-published midday and whatever happened to Betsy Blake at the same time. And within the first month or two, I was earning thousands Per month, so, so you, you went, I went, went full time straight away. You went full time after just two books. Yeah, full time after two books. And I think that's such a. It's, it's one of the best differences I think between you and me, apart from your luscious accent and my glorious head of hair. Yes, um, is is the different <laughs> journey we both got to, like this same sort of point of being yeah. a, a full time author. So um, obviously, for any listeners who are in that position. Yeah, there, there's there's different ways to get there. There's not just one set way. Oh yeah. Of 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 getting where whatever your goal is at the end of it. Well, there's no one set way of getting there because mm -hmm. mine's very different to yours. Very different. Yes. Um, so you so you am I right in thinking you wrote ten books whilst yeah. you held down a full time job? Well, so I started with a book. I mentioned it earlier. One by one, that started off as a, a screenplay. Like many years ago. So it's a 90 page ah, okay. screenplay that I turned into like a 120,000 word book. <laughs> um, nice. But it took a while to kind of figure out. I knew I always wanted to write, whether that was um, comic books <coughs> or um, I started off with comic books and it was screenplays. And eventually I sat down and I thought I'd write it as a book. And it just, that was when I hit it. I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, yeah. I've been through, you know, my, my journey of, you know, poor publishers and stuff so i actually mm -hmm. self-published one by one about eight years ago right so about eight years ago um but i obviously didn't give up my day job till last year mm -hmm. so in that point i would always caveat and say it was probably around 2017 that i started taking it seriously okay this is what i want to do and i'm gonna to have to dedicate time and resources to my books if i ever want to get to this point that I'm sitting sitting at now. Yeah. So I'd say mine was five years. Right. Like where I was writing solidly, consistently with a full-time job where I would make sure I was getting a certain number of words done a week or certain tasks ticked off my list every week um, for five years. 
So this is where yeah. I get the thing from a few of my mates, which was like, there's well, a long-term vision. And it's the cliched saying of overnight success takes five years because you don't see what people, yeah. you don't see what people do in the background. Um, but in that time, so I'd written eight and a half Sam Pope books um, by the time I went full-time. Because you remember, I had a half a book to write when I went full-time. That's right. It was last October you went full-time, wasn't it? Last uh, end of September. So yeah, near Except, October. Yeah. So I had eight and a half Sam Pope books and two novellas, mm -hmm. two Bermuda books, one novella and one standalone. So 11 and a half books and three novellas I had written um, before I went full-time. Right. So a very different journey to yours because mm -hmm. you kind of hit gold with Betsy Blake. Um, yeah. But that was a combination of, like, we've been over this in, in multiple episodes, so go back and listen through. But your branding, your advertising, your craft, everything kind of came together to, to kind of explode that book from the beginning. Um, yeah. So I went the long route, which was like a consistent build. Um, but yeah, I, I had 11 and a half books and three novellas before I gave up the day job. Right, I did all that. I got married, had a kid in that time, became yeah. like a see, senior-ish manager at one of the biggest companies in the UK. Like, it wasn't... I had a full-on life outside of it. So there were a lot of, you know, sacrifices and commitments I had to make to make sure I stuck to it. Yeah. It, it's it's really interesting, the, the contrast of how we both got to the point where we are now. But I... It would it would feel wrong of me to not um, caveat a couple of hurdles along my journey, and mm. um, that helped me sort of explode as a full time author. One was by the time I had taken the rights to midday back and was now hell bent on the in the author avenue, and mm. at this stage I had realised. And I hadn't even sold a book yet in terms of being independent. But before I did that, I had realized, oh, no, this is the only way. There's two ways, actually, to make money uh, and big money, full time money as uh, an author. And one is you either win the lottery and that is you become one of the two people that the publishing industry, the traditional publishing industry say, right, let's give him or her a £200,000 advance because this book is going to be huge. Or you independently publish and you make your own money. Everybody mm. else in between those two doesn't just doesn't make enough money. That's true. So I had I had found that out. I had figured that out that I wasn't one of the lottery ticket winners. I wasn't getting hundred and fifty thousand pound advances offered to me. I was getting publishing deals offered to me with no advances. Um. So I had already figured that out. So by the time I was publishing Midday and Betsy Blake back to back. Uh, I knew that, right, so if I'm going to be an independent publisher, I need capital. So I yeah. had capital. I was able to invest, say, three or four grand in ads in the first month to earn back eight or nine grand in revenue. Mm -hmm. So I was, I, was, I was ahead of myself, if you know what I mean. I was ahead of the game. I had worked it all out within the six months that I had the publishing deal when I was realizing, oh, my God, this is not working out how I thought it was. I did all my research within that point. And another thing that I should point out is, so one is I had capital and, and, and that was a huge help. Another thing was that the publishing company I got my first deal with, they were enthused by me because I had been uh, not just a journalist at a number of newspapers, but also a sub-editor. And they thought, oh, what? what we really need a male editor. Any chance you'd be interested in editing books? And I went, um, yeah, because I knew at this stage then I was going through the teaching qualification that I was not going to stay in full-time teaching in the UK. I said, yeah, I'll edit books. So whilst Midday and Betsy Blake were sort of becoming breakout hits in, what was this, around this time of the year in 2018, I, I was also getting maybe a thousand pounds for editing two books a month. Mm. Uh, from that publishing company so there was a couple of bridges there it wasn't just yeah. that i published two books and they just exploded and became hits there were one i had capital and two i had a little bit of a safety net that somebody was giving me about a thousand pounds a month 
to edit yeah. a couple of um, crime fiction novels. So I've actually edited over 80 novels I have. But Wow, wow. <laughs> uh, that would yeah. drive me mental. Um, yeah. But I'd say a lot of that links into sort of the mindset um, that we talk about quite a lot on the podcast about mm-hmm. treating it like a business. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you didn't go into it like blind. You went into it thinking, right, I'm going to need to pump a bit of cash into this yeah. uh, to get things ticking. And we always say it. We say, I think we've probably said it every single episode that this is a business. Um, so your mindset to that was, well, I can't do this without some money. So yeah. whether or not you consciously saved that money or it's just a rainy day fund, you knew, you know, you had money set aside that you were willing to put into the business. That's it. And that's yeah. part of your mindset. I was like, okay, well, I can't do this for free. People say, yeah, you can self-publish your book for free. You can, but it's not going to go anywhere. But then you also, you know, you're able to make some more money doing other stuff as well. That's part of being like an entrepreneur, isn't it? It's, is, is, is doing that extra editing for some, some cash. Yeah. So um, I think that links into like the mindset of how, like how we got to becoming full-time authors. Um, <clears throat> because I think for me, when I was writing full time, so I, I had that sort of change. I said in about 2017, I, and that's when I started doing the Sam Pope books. Mm-hmm. And it went in line with when I did the Launchpad. So it's now Launchpad by Mark Dawson. It used to be the 101. Yeah. So I, you kind of needed to establish what the end goal was. So what is it I actually wanted to do? So for me, it was always I wanted to be a full time writer. So you know. I needed to make sacrifices in my life to be able to achieve that because if all I wanted to do was have a book written and, and publish it and have a few friends and family read it, I'd already done that and I wasn't satisfied. So Mm -hmm. if, if that is, if you're listening to this podcast and that's what you want to do, I just want to write a book, all the business stuff, all the, you know, pressure and stuff that comes with it. Cause it's not a cakewalk. Um, if, if you don't want any of that, you just want to write a book then yeah, you can kind of treat it like a hobby, do it as and when you've got the time. But if yeah. you want to build a readership, you need to, there were things I had to learn. I had to learn how to advertise, I had to learn how to do a mailing list, but then you have to commit to writing books because most people want content and they want it regularly. And it's quite cold to obviously talk about our books in that, you know, kind of black and white way of it. But yeah, ultimately, I run a business that produces content for people to consume. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you think about yourself, how often would you go back to something that comes out once every two years to something that comes out every three, four months? You'd be like, okay, well, I get more out of that one. So I'll probably get more of my attention. Yeah. So you kind of list, if, if you know you need to then do that, say, okay, well, I need to regularly do it then. You need to come up with, write down your reasons why you're not writing. So I can't write because I'm working, right? I can't do anything about that because I have to work because I have a mortgage. I need to be in the office nine to five, Monday to Friday. Exactly. So I can't, I can't remove that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I spend time with my kid. Can't remove that one. As though sometimes I might want to, but uh, (laughs) no, she's good. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't remove that one. Oh, I like to play FIFA or football manager for a couple of hours a week. Well, I can remove that one because mm-hmm. that time can now be writing time. On my yeah. lunch break at work, I like to sit and lose myself down a YouTube rabbit hole of Would I Lie to You or Dragon's Den or something like that. Okay, that's 45 minutes. I could take my laptop in or Brilliant, I could yeah. work on something else. These are the things I, I actually did. And I understand so that. Th- these I... are your, these are your, this is how you shifted your mindset, right? Yeah. To write with a full-time job. Yeah. Makes because perfect I was like, sense. Well, I'm not, if I'm not at the point I want to be at now, I'm not going to be where I want to be in a few years time. If I don't change how I approach it. Yeah. Because if I didn't need to change how I approached it, I would have been where I wanted to be. Right. So, yeah. And, and I think that's a lot of things people don't want. People want, things to happen or they want to change but they don't want to change themselves 
Okay, yeah, that's so true. So, and so th- and I think that was one of the things I did. You know, I watched, I'd binge watch TV shows and I'd play video games. Do you know what? I actually sacrificed them out that I didn't watch Breaking Bad until way after it finished. Um, Whereas you was, would have, I would have watched it. Yeah, you of would have watched would have it. Done. Yeah, um, there were. I bought an Xbox One or whatever because there were rumours that three video games that I would like. I have to play them when they come out. I haven't played one of them. My Xbox is gathering dust on the side because right. in the end, I would sit down and start playing something, and then after like twenty minutes, I'd go to myself. I should be writing. If I've yeah. got this time now to do this, and that might seem really like. You know, take a break. <laughs> yes. But now yeah. it's got to a point where I can do that because now I don't have to sacrifice any of the time I I have. I, I, I do my writing nine to five, Monday to Friday now. Everything to do with my business is done then. That includes this podcast. I don't yeah. come near it in the evenings. I don't come near it at the weekends. At the weekends. Um, so. But they're that, invaluable tips, actually, of of... of you know, as you say, getting rid of the things that are uh, binnable, like your, your video games and your TV it's, shows. It's, it's the thing that if you've got a full-time job, and I understand that frustration, I did it for years. If you've got right. a full-time so, job, you need to remove the stuff that doesn't involve your job to give you the time to write. Yeah, or your daughter, or your, your big commitments yeah. that you have to make. So let me ask you this then, Rob. So you had a nine, you had a nine-to-five office job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's 40 hours of your week locked mm-hmm. in, like I'm sure a majority of our listeners might have. When did you write then? So um, I would write in the mornings sometimes. I'd sacrifice, so I'd get you'd half sacrifice hour the morning. Yeah. Get up half hour earlier. Uh, that was pre-Olivia, obviously. <laughs> or my lunch break. I'd take my yeah. laptop in to work, sit on my lunch break. Um, and then, like I said, in the evenings, if I had... You know, if, if Soph was like, oh, I'm going to go watch Made in Chelsea or something, I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to go do some writing. Yeah. Um, but I think I've spoke about it before. It's about, um, so my biggest tip for anyone who's like short on time and trying to write a book, well, I have two, two tips really, um, is I write in sprints, which um, I think I've been over before, is when you give yourself half hour of absolute no distraction. And it's where yes. we set up the thing like, you know, we go for a P, lesson number one, always have a P. Yes, don't forget yeah. that one. But just eliminate all the reasons you might get distracted from your laptop or your computer and set a timer on your phone or whatever of half an hour. And once that buzzes and you're done, but yeah. I would do it. So I'd get up 45 minutes earlier, give myself 15 minutes to wake myself up. And then I'd have a half hour writing thing and I can write quite fast. So I could probably get a thousand words done maybe more in that half Great. hour. So if you then did that five times a week and then you roughly write about 5,000 words a week, do you mean you're ticking then? And you're only doing yeah. two and a half hours a week. You know, how many hours do you have in a, in a five-day working week? In a five-day week, you have about 120 hours or something. Yeah. So if you're going to sacrifice two of them for writing, I think it's doable. Um, and then, Oh, it's definitely doable. We're proof that it's doable, yeah. yeah. The only other thing i would add to that is you just you just need to do it consistently yeah um that's yeah. uh so my my mate is a personal trainer he said that's the best thing you can teach yourself um so his was like applying to fitness it's not how to lift heavy stuff or this the best thing you can learn is how to do things consistently like every day um so if you can sit down and consistently write just half hour a day um, and if that's sacrificing half hour of TV, half hour of sleep, if you can do that most days, then you'll you'll write a book with a full time job, hundred percent. Yeah, you will. Yeah, that's so true. If you give yourself half an hour um, a day uh, over the course of a month, say, so that's say twenty days, twenty half hours, you will put a big, big dent in a novel a huge mm. dent in a novel you really will and then if you can find that consistency that robert uh has explained there which is a key word so they're great tips on anyone who's trying to write a book whilst working a full-time job i have to say mine was flipped my full-time job when i was working at the newspapers because they were daily newspapers it meant i was working late right so i wouldn't go into the sports desk till about 2 p.m and then i would come home at about 10 p.m mm-hmm 
or it's still, a, you know, it's still an eight hour day eight hours of your life every day exactly yeah it is but it gave me sort of that morning and mid-morning time Mm-hmm. to write midday which is when i was writing midday i was also writing a play at the time that uh, never got picked up but um that that was the ambition then so it's a, it's a slight variation on what you did whereas you would have been writing in the evenings i was writing in the mornings where while everybody else is in work so i never felt i was giving up a, a huge amount or making a big commitment or missing out on much so it's a slightly different psychology but i guess most people listening will um have regular working hours which are nine to five so my biggest tips for them is um is find a dedicated home i think that's very Mm. key for where you do your writing it could be the local coffee shop it could be a desk at the side of your bedroom but you need you need to be away from distraction that distraction that robert uh, spoke about eliminate everything get your phone out of the room turn off the internet don't have your wife or your husband or your mother or your father or your brother and your sister sort of don't have an avenue for them to disturb you so find a writing home and then and also so that's a dedicated home that you have to find that you're going to that you're going to imprison yourself in for that half an hour a day say that robert spoke about and also find that dedicated time robert's already mentioned that so if it's going to be a half an hour a day well then it's a ha- that's 30 minutes a day that you're writing not 30 minutes that you're procrastinating mm-hmm it's 30 minutes that you're writing. So if you have a dedicated home and you have dedicated time, well, then what Robert says is all true. If you give yourself 30 minutes every day and you try that for a month, you should be about 20 or 30,000 words into a novel, which is, you know, one third of the way there. Two Robert, it is time for the mailbag. Mm. And this week we had an email in from Christine Miller. Thanks, uh, Christine, for listening to the show and thanks for getting involved. She says, hi, guys, big fan of the show and your honest approach to everything. What are your thoughts and experiences with other marketing options such as Free Booksy, Fuzzy Fuzzy Librarian, Hello Books, Chirp, etc.? Robert. Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. Thank you. Yeah, because we haven't spoken about these discounts. No, I think we've we've mentioned them. They've Have definitely come up right. at some point, but we we we've spoken about our marketing strategies, and I think they're heavily um, Facebook and heavily Amazon focused. Yeah. Um, and Bookbub, we you know it's a whole different beast. But <clears throat> so um, when I look at these ones, so I I haven't done a Hello Books one. Um, that's a relatively new platform. I believe it's by Mark Dawson that's and like the SBS. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's there. So I think that's it's very very much in its infancy, and I believe mm-hmm. it's for free books. I think oh, it's only, only free for free books. books. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, so, okay. um, so I well, I haven't gone down there because I don't have any free books. Um, Chirp is um, a sister company of Bookbub, which is for audio books. So it's essentially Bookbub for audio books. For audio, yeah. Um, so uh, you need to be in find a way voices um for 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 a chirp deal so if yeah. you're exclusive um like i am now with my audiobooks you can't get them the reason i went exclusive was um i found chirp deals to be really useful when they were in their um testing mode so they were free yeah um but then obviously the payment of it came in where they take a percentage of whatever you make and actually when the chirp deal takes your audiobook down to 99p and then they're getting a cut of it you're making very little and outside of those deals i found zero traction on any of those other platforms so when the majority of my sales were coming through audible it just made sense to go there but um yeah so i i didn't find them that useful um when i was wide because uh, i've tried being wide a few times i went with a lost leader which was where I put the first book, The Night Shift, for free on all the platforms. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I then went to places like Free Booksy, Fussy Librarian. There's another one. I can't remember. It's got a strange name. And they didn't really do much for me. Um, and I think the reason for it being is I don't think free mark books are that marketable. 
there will be people out there who will have evidence to, to yeah. the contrary to that. My experience is people who go for free books are people who only want free books. Um, so when I use these websites that promote free books to their their um, subscribers, the only people really making money there are the people who have the subscription lists, not really the authors. Yeah, um, that's true. So I'd say to Christine to, to, to check them out. It's always worth, like David says, test, test, test. Test, test, test. Um, but that's my experience with them. What about you, David? Yeah, very similar. Uh, so I did a free book once where I put out on these um, discounted marketing sites, such as the ones Christine mentions, like Free Booksy and Fussy Librarian and E-Reader IQ, I think was one, and Bargain Booksy. And um, I think I sold tens, I say sold, I gave away free tens of thousands of Betsy Blake mm -hmm. one day and it had zero impact in read through or mm -hmm. very, very minimal because as Robert says, and I will echo it, um, people who are seeking free books are seeking free books. They're not yeah. going to pay five ninety nine for the follow up or for another book in a, in a series. Um, but I should also say, Christine, I use these, I use Fussy Librarian and Bargain Booksy and book adrenaline and these guys that you mentioned maybe twice a year or so if i feel like i need an injection if, mm. if my sales are a bit slow i will do a 99p discount for a week and i will book maybe three or four of those discount sites which they cost maybe 30 dollars or 50 dollars at the most perhaps and you'll sell you you, you or give away uh maybe a few hundred books at 99p where the royalty rate isn't obviously that much but i will see a, a bit of a, a an uplift in sales and read through from that only if i do them at 99p i will i've never seen uh or well, i have only done it once but when i gave the book away for free i i didn't see any upturn in sales uh, or read through because as robert has said the freebie seekers are only seeking freebies so to answer your question christine Maybe twice a year when I feel I need an injection of sales, I will mm. say, Do you know what, I'm going to discount, she said, three said to 99p uh, because my trial trilogy aren't doing great at the moment. And that might sort of give it some sort of uplift for a month or two. Robert, it is time for the seven questions again. Give us a quick seven questions jingle. Seven questions for you. That was not bad, you know. <laughs> it's, it wasn't impressive. good. Oh, well, Luke said it's impressive. <laughs> Luke said it's impressive. Um, we have Luke Richardson with us today. Luke is a current Amazon best-selling author at the moment. I was checking your books That's out today. True. There's an orange tag yeah. there. Congratulations on that. Um, Luke, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. And I, I have to say, earlier this week, the first in the series was number one in that category and the second was number two. I'm not sure if that's still the case, oh, but I wow. was quite excited well, to see myself clogging up both places in fantastic. some kind of mystery, some kind of real mystery subgenre of a subgenre. <laughs> yes, nice, nice. Yeah, we just did a, uh, a episode on how vital categories are. Mm. Um, so it's certainly mm. working for you, staying in those heights at the moment. Well done. We're talking about your books. Uh, please explain your books to our listeners. Yeah, so my books all sort of fit within the thriller genre. This current series I'm working on is, is more sort of archaeological. Uh, think Lara Croft slash Indiana Jones. Great. Think missing tablets, manuscripts. Um, nice. that, that's mysteries and, 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 and legends and myths and all that love sort it. of stuff is, is what I go into, Perfect. which I absolutely love. Because they combine, they're all set in the present day, but they combine a bit of history and a bit of, you know, misinformation and all that sort of stuff that you get involved in those in those sorts of things as well, which are conspiracy and all that, all that stuff, all that good stuff. They sound like fun know. to write. 
they are fun to write. They're fun to research. We went to Egypt to research my most recent one a few a few weeks ago. Um, the readers seem to enjoy them as well, and and they don't take themselves too seriously. There's always a fun part in it as well. There's always a couple of jokes along the way. Nice. Sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, well, the listeners are going to want to know um, how you have turned those books into a business. So are you ready to face the seven questions? Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, Robert, right. do you want to hit Luke at number one? I don't want to hit Luke, but I will ask him a question. I will I ask need him to a change question. that uh, <laughs> yeah. way. Uh, he's done enough research to know how to evade a hit, especially from, from me. Um, oh, what are you doing? Get off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jotting down a note. Uh, I, Work on segways. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. I really you. like it if you put in like a cartoon punching sound effect there. <laughs> Rob does the yeah, post-production. Yeah, yeah thank, <laughs> thank you for the ideas. Um, question, question one, Luke. Um, are you a full-time author? Sort of yes, sort of no. Uh, it's it's okay. a difficult one, this, because I don't really want to be a full-time anything. I, I, the idea of doing mm-hmm. something for 40 hours a week just, just drives me... I feel my I feel myself sort of just going no. Anxiety, anxiety for for a better of another word. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so I'm not in that sense, but I probably work a, a good chunk of time. I I do a bit of freelance work as well. I've got some other streams of income which I work as part of too, which I love because it means that I'm not completely um, addicted to. The money I get from Amazon, you know, I, yeah. if, if if you get a slow month, that's okay because it's not the only the only thing that yeah. pays for the for the bills and whatever. Yes, but I certainly do forty hours a week, I'd imagine. But I just don't do it. I don't see it as, as like one, a full time yeah. sense. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm not on my desk at nine a.m. and work for forty five minutes and do this and do that. You know, it's 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 much more sort of intuitive for me a lot more free yeah exactly yeah it took me about three years of being in the think i need to also have something else to do (laughs) i do i need uh, the podcast that me and rob set up was was partly um because of that but um and then i want to do more talks and a bit go back to a couple of lectures i just feel like i need that diversity too um so brilliant stuff And, and you do a lot of djing don't you I do, yeah. That's that's nice. why we're doing this at three o'clock in the afternoon rather than at nine a.m. As you guys proposed, yes. I, was, I said no. I'm not. <laughs> it just wouldn't have been a very good conversation, oh, guys. I've got to say. Well, congratulations <laughs> on being our first diva author. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I believe I believe the words were, "I'm not getting up at nine a.m. like you nerds." Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh, wow. yes. And I, I can get a screenshot of that. Uh, <laughs> You're absolutely welcome to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So you uh, let's get under the hood then of of how you run your books. I, have you question two is have you chosen to go wide or are you exclusive with Amazon? I with eBooks I've gone exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am in the current decision as to what to do with my audiobooks for the new series because the other series I've gone wide with the audiobooks and I'm not sure what to do with this one. Um nice. the reason I've gone exclusive with the ebooks is is it was for me a bit like the 80/20 rule. I was getting I was getting 80% of the 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 income from 20% of the effort which was uploading them to KDP you know mm-hmm. and i was putting in loads of work talking to reps from apple and doing promos on kobo and trying to drive traffic to all sorts of other places yeah. and getting such a little return from it that i just thought actually i need i need to cut myself some slack and get on with writing some more books and put some time into writing some old, more books and, and not learning all these other platforms yeah. so that's the reason i did that yeah absolutely totally understandable I think that's why, uh, a similar answer to quite a lot of authors that we have is the the uh, weigh, weighing up the amount of effort to the amount of reward, especially across the other platforms. Like ethically, we'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> we'd love to be on across all the platforms, but like I said, there's only so many hours in a day. <laughs> yeah, I I feel that people make more of an issue out of it than it actually is. No. Yeah. Because yeah, if you think that, yeah. of ebooks is one strand of that. You know, you've got your paperbacks, which I haven't put wide but will do at some point through Ingram and however else you can do those. You know, you've got your audio books, you've got whatever other yes, whatever other streams are coming formats. in that yeah. in that f- formats are coming in that sense. And you've got the fact that you can only 
you can sell them in advance on another platform. You can take them out for a certain time if you want to and put them on another platform. I've just taken one of my books. I've just uh, I'm experimenting making it perma free for one of my one of my other series. So I've just gone through the process of removing that from KDP and making it free and price matching and all of that sort of oh, thing. Oh, great. So there's a lot of options, isn't there? It's not it's not a lock yeah. in and you're done. Yeah. That's the only decision you've got to make. It's so true. <laughs> we tend to just relate to the ebooks, don't we, when we talk about the um the wide V exclusive and there's so many formats we can sell our books through. I, I do believe before I move on to question three, I think if you I don't think you have as much freedom with audiobooks if you go exclusive with Amazon. Mm, mm. I don't think they're like KDP where you can just take them out after a three month period and stuff. I think once you it, I think you get like one chance to change your mind, yeah, and then after sterner. that you're kind of locked in. So um, it's worth thinking about if you're yeah, looking at your audio books. Um, make sure you read I'm, those things. I've got to think about yeah, and and there's yeah. a different ratio with um, royalties, isn't there on that? Yes. Whereas ebooks, the royalty rate is essentially the same. Yeah. By my, uh, it's just the KDP absolutely. side. Yeah. Um, question three. Name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without. Do you know what? I heard this on one of your previous ones and people were mentioning all sorts of crazy, not crazy, but wonderful things that I that I couldn't even mention. And I couldn't even know. I'd never yeah, even heard I've of. Yeah, I've learned a lot in this <laughs> question. Yeah. And do you know what? I thought about it and I, I think it's really simple. I think the one that I that I get the most from is Book Funnel. I've had oh, it for great. years yep. and I never... Fortunately, I wasn't an indie author. I don't know about you guys before Book Funnel was a thing. I, so I don't remember those times of having to tell readers to find the USB cable that came with oh, their Kindle right, yeah. and to plug it into a computer and drag and drop the file <laughs> yeah. across to the thing, you know, and having to deal with yeah. 50 emails book when funnel. you try and give a free book away of people who can't get it yeah, across to their thing. So, book Funnel is, yeah. Yeah, I know there are other options now. I'm sure yeah. other systems that do the same thing, but just how straightforward that is and now they've got things that you can sell them can't you you can link it up to oh can you i'm not uh, i'm not great with book funnel i have an account but i've never really utilized it so do you have a perma free that you you are constantly delivering a book to potential readers i've got a few actually yeah ah. so um various different series and i've just done one where they're all in one big book and then that it automatically converts to my mailing list so it puts them on there yeah, great um and there are ones now for audio books and all sorts of things so it's a it's a real inclusive you know there's a lot there's a lot in there a lot more than i think i even use and I, a lot of people use it for wow great answer great answer one of my favorite answers to that question luke i think we haven't mentioned book funnel at all on the on the podcast. Oh, really? I'm surprised by that. I wondered whether, yeah, because yeah. it seems so obvious. Yeah, yeah, it really is an obvious answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> um, that brings us to question four, which is how do you market your books? Yeah, um, Amazon and Facebook mostly in terms of finding cold readers. Yeah, uh, new readers. I. I'm not a natural sort of data person, though. So I have that. That's been a challenge for me. I, yeah. I'm not very good at. I say I'm not very good. That sounds limiting, doesn't it? I, I I don't naturally. I look at numbers and they all just sort of dance around, yeah. and I can't really see the sense in them, you know. Mm -hmm. So for me, you find it it's hard a to bit scale. of seven forget. I definitely could. I definitely could get more out of them. Yeah. But do you know what? I look every day and I go, "What did I make yesterday?" What did I spend yesterday? Yeah. As long as one number <laughs> is bigger than the other, <laughs> yes, it was a do good you, day. I, do, you know what? You. do you know what? For for the resident data nerd of the two indie authors podcast, that's actually how I sort of manage my um, sort of mental well being on a day to day, but <laughs> on a day to day that's basis, good to hear, the same Robert, balance. That's really good um, to hear. I do. I do like my monthly, you know spreadsheets and stuff which i've been over before but on a day-to-day -day basis i have four touch points throughout the day that i will check because i know how much i'm spending every day because facebook are going to spend my money i know that mm. for a fact so i have four touch points throughout the day where as long as i've hit certain numbers by that day i kind of feel in a good place yeah yeah i agree so, with you actually yeah, yeah so i know so you know at nine o'clock in the evening if it's got to this amount that's yeah that's on target for for whatever Absolutely. it is and how fortunate are we to have this sort of live timing of you know, data of, of sales and stuff like that. I know there's, there's slight lags, but imagine having to wait back and imagine having to wait 
six months yeah. from your publishing company to find out how many books you sold and how much money you're earning and stuff like that. Can you that. imagine, like, putting a half-page advert in The Guardian yeah. or something yeah. that you'd pay 10 grand for and then you wouldn't know for six months whether anyone had read the thing. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that anyone had gone and bought the thing. I know. Or, or whether it would work, would you? Because you wouldn't know. You know, it would say available at Waterstones at the bottom or whatever. Yeah. And so, and you'd have done loads of other marketing as well. So was it that or was it the fact you were on... Uh, Richard and Judy or the fact that you were the Costa book club of the month or whatever yeah. I don't know it, it is great I mean the tracking is mysterious as well I find that dif- as I say I, yeah, that's hard to work out and particularly with KU Burroughs that makes it even more complicated but as yeah. I say and as you were saying Robert I, if I can keep those two digits together yeah, yeah. Um, it works for me <laughs> fantastic um, and I like that as well because there's so many ways you can overcomplicate um how you interpret how you interpret the data and stuff but again i think you've got a a a reasonably good um hold on that there question five for you is what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset oh interesting interesting i think it perhaps plays into what we've just talked about in Mm -hmm. that sort of not comparing what I'm good at with what someone else might be good at or what they are naturally because you go on these forums and I've never found them particularly helpful I have to be honest I know people within our community rant and rave about them and that's fine yeah they've never really worked for me because there are people there saying I'm getting 8p a click with a with a conversion rate of this and a whatever rate yes. of that and to me it makes no sense you know i'm there thinking i'm <laughs> i'm writing a story you know i'm i'm in i'm in this land at the moment it, that you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i understand and it, and it took me a couple of years actually probably to have the confidence to go that's fine i don't mind yeah. you you you, yeah, you you do you. you sit there with your conversion rates and that's great yeah. for you but that's not that's not my strength that's not where i am yeah that's not where i'm sort of you know that's not where I, your strengths I work. lie. Yeah, and you're dead and, and right I'm... though, because and people given any definites in our line of business, it, it, it doesn't correspond. So the way somebody yep. one author might do it doesn't mean it's going to work for another author. We, we've repeated that on this podcast. Actually, mm. you have to find your own way, don't you? Yeah, and yeah. I think so much of marketing is not to do with those adverts. Uh, probably mm. more marketing is to do with understanding the market. Yeah, not actually. Because not actually getting the book to the reader is actually producing the product that matches the audience. What is selling? Yes. Yeah, the audience, so the market, right. where the reader. You know. So and right. if you've done mm-hmm. that, then actually the advert should just sort of go. The 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 sale should work. You know, you're just pushing something that's you're pushing an open door, aren't you? If everything else is right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Very well yeah. said. Um, does that take us to question six? It does. We're, we're flying through this, Luke. Uh, what's the biggest frustration for you as an indie? Or did we just ask that one, did we? No, that was advice, the last one, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, it is. So what's the biggest frustration mm. for you as an indie? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, David, you know this question I should know this. Maybe you we should, should rephrase this one. What's another frustration for you as an indie? What's another frustration? <laughs> you know something that always gets, that I, that I do find frustrating, 60 days after the end of the month to get paid. That's something yes. that I'm oh, yeah. always like, oh, come on, yes. come on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it does, it make, it's like every month is a December, January. Yeah, and then it's great if you had a really good month two months ago. You know, uh-huh. like I had a book launch last week, so and I purposefully did it in the last week of February, so that the sixty days was as short as it could possibly be. Well, yeah, the, it was as close to the end of the month as it could possibly be. Yeah. Um, so in two months I'll be fine, you know. But <laughs> you've got to always be thinking about that sort of cash flow, and it just makes you think bigger businesses, you know, that operate with much higher expenditures must be. Yeah, it must be a real lot of lot to think about to be able to pay this now, to get this in this time, yeah. to to fulfil this order, to do that. You know, we're yeah. very very fortunate in a way, aren't mm-hmm. we? That chasing their tail. Yeah. Our costs are quite straightforward. Yeah, we really are. Yeah, and it's uh, that is tough when you're starting out. Um, but what, once you sort of get on a cycle of it, as you say, you, you, you know you're working every 60 days, you can kind of uh, get your head around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I had a new book launch in January, and then I had like my best ever month in January, and it's oh, built it into February as well. So then like, you know, I'm quite open and honest with my wife about how the books are doing. And then she's, she, you know, she's seen it, she's gone, oh, 
brilliant. I like, rubbed her hands together, and I'm like, yeah, I got to wait sixty days for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my account already. Like, <laughs> and I've had to pay for all of the pre-production. I've had exactly. to pay for any adverts that I've done on that, or any other marketing things I've done on that. Now, you know, yeah. And <laughs> so there's no question. no dinners out for two it's, months. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. I don't think we can eat out for, 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 for the next two months every night. It, it, it um. is the norm in the retail business. In fact, I think we're even quite lucky at Sixty Cent. If you're if you're dealing with stocking or getting stock in to a shop, whether that be you know, um, stationery or clothing or anything in, in a store, you, your your expenditure is could be eighteen months before you're mm. paid. It's it's a slog retail in general. So we are quite lucky in the in the digital age. Yeah, and I can imagine, and I, and I totally understand. It's I understand. I'm you know, there's a lot of things that go into that Amazon working in the way it does and a lot of administration behind the scenes. I can only imagine yeah. the the systems that are operating that website, you know. So true. <laughs> it's just it's just a ball like when you want to scale up an ad and you think that's oh, exactly wait, what it is. I've got to wait sixty days to get that money back and will the ad still be as effective <laughs> then? And yeah, it's it's a really good frustration. It's not a good frustration. It's a great answer to the question. It's a it's terrible so frustration. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um but uh yeah well the You've made it through to the final question. Um, you flew through this with some excellent answers. Um, and before we let you go, I will ask you question seven, which is what's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? Mm. Mm, good question. Do you know what? It's it's something we've talked about already, but I'll, I'll add to that. The first one would be sort of to lean into your strengths. And that's something that has, yeah. that's taken me a long time to do. Like now I do very little social media you know, I love mm-hmm. these sorts of podcasts. And we talked about how I I did a similar sort of podcast chat myself yeah. some time ago. I love these sorts of longer form things, but communicating in 180 characters or whatever it is nowadays or 15 seconds, I'm, yeah. I just haven't, yeah. I haven't got the, the I, it just doesn't, it doesn't it's, seem to fit with me at this yeah. point. So I don't do it. You know, I don't do anything like that. Yeah. I, I run all Facebook things from the creator studio, which means I don't actually have to go into Facebook and that posts it to Instagram as well. So I'll go in once a week and type a few posts and send those yeah. off. And, and that's that, you know, <laughs> Yeah. So no, le- leaning into strengths. And as I said, with looking at numbers and those sorts of things, try and keep that very, very simple. Uh, Luke. And actually I feel now, and this is something I have to remind myself, um, is to just sort of enjoy the process yeah. because We've, I know from my experience, I fought so hard to get out. I was a teacher for several years in a in a in a secondary school, and I, yeah. it, it was a big leap to leave it. You know that 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 salary that was going to lead me until retirement for forty years. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big safety net and the pension that, that yeah. came with it, and the holidays and the sick pay and all of the stuff. Yeah. You know. But people would loan me money. You know, I could get a mortgage easily. I could just phone them up and they'd say, what do you do? I'd say, a teacher. Oh, here's my yeah. paychecks. Yeah. They're like, great, borrow, fine. You know, whereas now that's quite a lot more complicated, yes. as I'm sure you, we have found, you guys yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but it took me such a such a big leap to get from that, that actually I'm I'm really keen not to work that hard or not to push push yeah. myself into places that repeat that sort of environment you know to, to to take it a bit more easy Absolutely. to enjoy the process oh and yeah well you're a, not you're a, be too stressed about it you're a man of great advice and a man of great books luke richardson yes. thanks very much it's lukeridgerton.com am i right it's lukeridgertonauthor.com luke richardson is my website author.com mm. yeah i was on it earlier on luke everything looks fantastic congratulations on your success you're a star for joining us today oh thanks for having me cheers luke David, another seven questions, another charming indie author. That's 20 now. It's 20 we've spoken to, including ourselves. It's crazy. I I learned so much. Learned a lot, an awful, an awful lot from Luke there again. Just Mm. every week. And we say this off air, Robert, we, um, just learning so much from this podcast, particularly this, this seven questions. Yeah, it's it is wonderful to have Luke on. Uh, so thank you to Luke. And thank you, Luke. Obviously, we've got we've got some excellent um, authors lined up. But if you are listening and you fancy having a chat with David and myself um, and facing our seven questions, there is a form on our Facebook group to indie authors. Um, it's only a few things to fill out. And uh, yeah, you could be on the show 
talking to me and to David. Um, right. I'm going to wrap it up, David. It's the end of our right. show. It is. I think we should mention though, Robert, because last week you said on the show that we were going to do an episode deep diving into Facebook ads yes. and Amazon ads. And um, we are definitely doing that. We have not put it off. Uh, we're going to pencil that in. It's going to be maybe about three episodes from there, but we're going to do back to back deep dives into the two mm -hmm. main advertising platforms. We haven't forgotten about that. We're just um, we just had different guests and different features lined up before we do that. But we have got a penciled in that's coming for you. Yeah. Very good point. Um, I actually can't wait to do that. I think it's going to be fascinating to talk yeah. to you in depth about uh, Facebook ads. In the uh, in the meantime, David, before I let you go, um, what are you going to be doing this week, which hopefully isn't being violently sick? <laughs> um, if you listen to last week's podcast and find out what I was supposed to be doing this week, that's what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just cut it in? I just... Uh, yeah, just just slice that in there, Robert, in post production. <laughs> um, I'm I in 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 two sentences. I'm gonna finish off the writing that I had planned, which is the sequel novella to whatever happened to Betsy Blake. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to get words on the page. I'm also looking at rejigging my ads. My Facebook ads just aren't firing, which is annoying me at the moment. I'm looking at different uh, avenues to take my marketing down and I will fill our listeners in uh, as I go around that. What have you got planned over the next seven days? Writing. I think I'm, I'm, I'm in the zone. So I'm going to try and get um, another 10 maybe 15,000 words done hopefully nice. over the next week um and i have i finally i've i've got that a plus content issue fixed so i've got a little bit more a plus content to uh to to sort out on my book so that'll be me for the next week i think sounds good sounds good no better man for getting 10 to 15,000 words down in a week robert uh thanks again and thanks to you listeners for listening to Till we 